0: It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson.
1: I'm about to say six words that I didn't think I would ever say as a media member focusing on BYU. I'm athletics. glad we're recording this. Okay, six words. Senior night in Provo against. Oklahoma.
0: <laughs>
1: How do you factor in Oklahoma now to a senior night scenario in year one and what is already going to be an incredibly emotional night for BYU?
0: It's really going to take some time for, for Cougar Nation to wrap their arms around this one uh, because the knock on independence was we can't get anybody in Provo in November, especially late November. Um, and now comes uh, one of the most storied programs in the country, um, you know, and, and they're still trying to adapt to their new coach and new style after Lincoln Riley left for the USC job. and um, if, if they're coming into Provo thinking this is going to be a cakewalk because BYU's new into the league, uh, they'll be in for a surprise, as will Iowa State.
1: Yeah, they're excited. Now, that wasn't recent. That wasn't this week that they're saying Oklahoma still trying to adapt to its new coach. That was back when the Big 12 schedule was released. So when we looked at the Big 12 release back several months ago, Travis, I think we looked at it and said, ugh, that that home schedule, man, well at least we get to go to BYU, I guess. That'll be fun. BYU looked at its home schedule when the Big 12 schedule was released for this year and they thought, oh my god, big bad Oklahoma's coming to town. And I'm going to guess that that's still the attitude out there going into this weekend.
2: Yeah, well, it's interesting because, you know, the first thing they said was senior night, right? Well, little do they know, it's (laughs) (laughs) 10 a.m. And that's the thing. That's what's funny. Like, we talk about it and we're, you know, bummed that it's, you know, 11 a.m. here in uh, Oklahoma. But, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, for our our team and coaches and everybody, it's still going to feel like 11 a.m. It is, it's an hour early, theoretically, for the Mountain West folks. And, uh... And and uh yeah, it's it's funny because the well, if they think it's gonna be a cakewalk, I mean we're twenty four and a half point favorites, Tyler. <laughs> I'm not here to say that it it will be a cakewalk, but Vegas seems to think that it will be at least a, a cookie walk, yeah. maybe a pastry walk of some type, uh some type of baked good.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to see how many times in the past three weeks twenty-four points would have covered. Uh they got beat by thirty two by Iowa State. They got beat by 30 by West Virginia, and they got beat by 29 against Texas. So in all three of their past games, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Texas, the 24-and-a-half point line would have covered this weekend. They've been outscored 117-26 to in their past three games, eight total turnovers from the BYU offense in the past three games. Um, You, Tex Line, everyone, I'm guessing we're all feeling at least pretty good heading into Saturday, right?
2: Yeah and and here's the thing this is you know a lot of people are saying oh that classic classic trap game I don't I don't think I don't like what's it trapping like what's what's it I mean the TCU matchup like I don't I don't really understand where some people are coming from with classic trap game I know when that line came out Tyler it's 24 and a half there were a lot of people especially on Twitter going oh boy this is bad news Going to come in overconfident. No, it Tyler, it might be that we're just better than them. It's what it could mean. Uh, now, are we just going to walk in there and win based on the name on our jersey? Absolutely not. But um, I think if we run the ball like we've been running the ball, Tyler, I think we should get out of there pretty comfortably.
1: Yeah, uh, there were a lot of false statements in that audio clip that we played there. They said senior nights. What, what do they say? Six day, Six words he thought he'd never say. Senior night in Provo against Oklahoma. Well, it's a senior morning, and as the text line is pointing out, it says he also said Iowa State should not think it would be a cakewalk at BYU. Well, there was uh, it was definitely a cakewalk last Saturday night for Iowa State and Provo. So, a lot of false statements in that in that. Uh, Opening uh, audio clip there. G- given
2: yeah. the uh, given the nightlife in Provo, Utah, you know I'm not sure there's probably much different between morning and night out there. Yeah,
1: well, I, you know what? I, I hadn't paid much attention to BYU. I mean, I saw him play at Arkansas and, and win that game earlier in the season. Uh, I saw him play against Cincinnati. It was a Thursday or a Friday night game, and they looked good in that one. and And their season was going well, man. They were five and two at one w- at one point and absolutely trending towards like an 8-win season or so. They've lost their past 3, and I went back and and looked at some of their numbers today in Big 12 play only. Check this out, dude. BYU is 12th in the conference and scoring defense. I'll remind everyone there's 14 teams in the Big 12 these days. BYU is 12th in scoring defense, 14th in scoring offense, 13th in rushing offense, 13th in rush defense, 13th in pass offense, 14th in sacks. They've only had four at the entire conference slate. They're the worst in third-down conversions. But, hey, they are the number 4 team in the conference in penalties. That's where they do thrive. But other than that, they're sitting at, like, 12th, 13th, 14th in most statistical categories as a team.
2: Wow. Um yeah, there's there's just no way you can slice that, right? I mean, obviously, you know, us as uh you know, radio hosts and content creators throughout the week, we look for oh, where does BYU have the edge? You know, I'm I'm not sure anywhere they do. I mean I guess you could say, well it's it's at home, you know, it's forty five hundred feet over sea level, maybe there's a fatigue issue that's going on. Um, you never know what the depth's going to look like. Obviously, uh, on that long of a road trip, I, I'm just having a hard time seeing it, Tyler. I mean, I think penalties, as I think you brought Iowa up,
1: State found some altitude to practice in before the big Provo trip.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but the, but that's the thing. It's penalties might be the only thing they have the advantage in because Oklahoma's been one of the most penalized teams in the country. I mean, and obviously got that got that cleaned up a bit, but. You know, it's going to come down to, Tyler, the exact same thing we've been saying all year. Don't let Oklahoma beat Oklahoma. I think that if you go in there and turn the ball over three times again, like you did in your two losses, I think you're definitely a danger in losing this football game. So that's the thing. It's don't let Oklahoma beat Oklahoma again.
1: Eric in Illinois says we will still see a superhuman effort from them on Saturday. Which, you know what, even if BYU plays really well, this, this still shouldn't be a game that you lose, man. And I, I don't think you do if, like you're saying, they don't go up there and turn the ball over three times and have a very sloppy performance. And I'm going to be very upset, man, I, I, and I won't be the only one on the postgame show, but I'm going to be upset if the offensive game plan isn't similar to what it was last week, which was run north and south and attack their DBs down the field. Like that's when this offense is best. I've seen enough of this team to, I think, have that opinion. Let me see Jeff Levy, Let me see them attack a defense like they did last week against West Virginia. Because West Virginia was gettable defensively. I think BYU is very gettable defensively. Rain, cold, whatever it is, go out and be the aggressor once again. That's when this offense, and really this team, is at its best, man.
2: Yeah, one of the things that I think everybody in Sooner Nation Um, really enjoyed last week was the intermediate passing game finally showed up after, what, two years? Uh, Man, it was everybody. Uh, You had, you know, deep crossers, you had shallow crossers, and Drake Stoops didn't get thrown one ball behind the line of scrimmage. How about that? I mean... I like that a lot. I like that. I like that a whole lot. So, and I think part of that was... I think part of that was our ability to run it north and south because those short passes, they're extensions of the run game, right? Anything that happens behind the line of scrimmage, it serves the same purpose, right, Tyler? It's trying to open up. It's trying to get those safeties to crash to open up something deep. And the problem is if you can't run it north-south, you need to go east-west to continue to get those safeties biting and get get down to the box so then you can hit them deep, right? You can send somebody deep. But when we run the ball north-south effectively you don't need the lateral game anymore Tyler and that's what I'm looking for against BYU is let's just let's just flex our muscles and say we're just going to run it and there's nothing you can do to stop us and I think that's one thing we talked about Levy earlier in the year right is he he isn't used to coaching with consistently having the best players on the field and just doing what works I think I think hopefully we see last week as a light bulb turning on moment for him and we see it as a hey look man we know we're running they know we're running and it still doesn't matter we're we're still going to pick up these yards at five six seven yards a clip
1: cheesehead says oklahoma will crush byu with five exclamation marks i I guess we we can get to some midweek feels today how the text line is feeling midweek about uh about this football team and this football game coming up on saturday i love this text from patrick We need to have a couple of the players walk out holding up a Sam Bradford jersey like they did with Baker back in the day. (laughs) The 2017 home finale when Baker didn't get to be a captain and they walked out with a child's Baker Mayfield jersey. Who was that? Adrian Ely, Tattoo Baker, if you're listening, can you please make that happen on your uh, Twitter account, please?
2: Right, like he died. Wow. I mean, you would have thought Jim Harbaugh died as well, the way that uh, OU alum Sharon Moore was talking about him. But, yeah, I I think that would be classic. And, and unfortunately, it is a road game, or else I would love to have, like, Sam Bradford as an honorary captain, something like that, (laughs) (laughs) go out there. Jeff from OKC,
1: I think the teams have turned a corner. The goalposts are safe in Provo. Yeah, let, let's hope we're not talking about the goalposts being tor- torn down for the third time in four weeks. I'm getting yeah, tired Oklahoma, of seeing that.
2: Oklahoma has been very good for the goalpost industry uh, in the Big 12. They're, people are buying them up left and right. I am I should check uh, BYU to see, you know, what uh, bodies of water are nearby or else what are they going to do, carry it up into the mountains or something All like that? All the way that? to the Salt Lake. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, what they're going to do. It's a,
1: it's a long haul, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a long haul. Um, I I think this is going to turn out to be. I don't know how much you've thought of this or not, or the people going up there. It's probably going to be one of the more unique game day experiences we've ever had, right? Because I remember going to Nebraska last year, and those bike bars that you see in, in OKC and Tulsa, like Nebraska fans were drinking and taking the bike bar to the stadium. like at, at, at Rowdy college football stadiums, alcohol is very much involved in the pre- and post-game activities. And it's not going to be the case this Saturday. It's going to be a 10 a.m. local start out there in Utah. It's just a different vibe there. Not saying it's not going to be awesome. I think it will be, but this, um, I, I bet we walk out of there saying, huh, that was one of the more interesting game day experiences I've ever had on the road.
2: Yeah, well, that Nebraska one, yeah, we, I remember walking to the stadium and the bike bar was going the wrong way. I think uh, the, uh, the the driver might have been partaking. They had the right idea, bit. seeing how that game went. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, no, it is going to be interesting because, I mean, the, the early side of things might, I don't know, might curtail a bit of the drinking on other campuses, so maybe it won't be as noticeable, but... I mean, it. We sound like a bunch of alcoholics whenever we say, "Well, what do you do before game? Yeah, David? what else is there to like, do? What do you do? Just stand around, look at each other. They I mean, shake geez. the
1: entire game. Right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, I don't like no caffeine, so I don't. I don't. Everybody just get around and have milkshakes or something. <laughs> I, I I don't know, but again, it's a it's a quick way to feel uh, or sound like an alcoholic when uh, when you start talking like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be fun though. The uh the mountains behind like that's that that's what BYU's most famous for, right? I mean, they they've had some really good football teams in the past, but don't you think the scenery of their stadium is what most people know them for?
2: Oh, I I yeah, I can't wait specifically for that part to be honest. I mean, just just being there early, I mean, the mountains right behind it, it it's really if you're a college football fan, you know the pictures, right? Like you know the yeah. pictures of what that stadium looks like. And and really that's, I don't know. I, I, when when we were preparing for it, I was like, I kind of don't want it to be a night game. You know, I kind of want to be able to see all of it and and not just to rely on what light the, you know, the city and the stadium give off to see it. Because I think the views are going to be fantastic. So again, as you said, it's 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 interesting in a way where you, you're going into this trip looking for something completely different than you look for maybe when you're going to the Grove or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, uh, that, and that's that's the funny part about it is this trip comes at a very interesting time because your next true road game, your next true road game, will be either in the Grove or like somewhere at Auburn or LSU. I it. If OU's next road game after this weekend is at LSU, could you go to two different places than Provo and Baton Rouge in college football? To, do two different places exist than those two spots? I, I don't think that they do.
2: Man. Um, I, man, I don't think so. Um, and it, it's, it's going to be fascinating because I think they're both – Fantastic trips for different reasons. But, yeah, completely black and white. Completely black and white. And and I'll tell you what, I'm hoping LSU is our fo- first home game in the SEC. Let's go. Guy from Parts Unknown says,
1: no beer? What are you supposed to have with your eggs? Um, <laughs> Cherokee Sooner looking forward to the Cougar Tales. Um, Eric in Illinois says, Oklahomans will reminisce the return to the home of 3.2 beer. Utah Sooner says Utah Lake and Provo and Great Salt Lake in Salt Lake City are bodies of water nearby. Well, hopefully we don't have to to uh, talk about that uh, this this weekend. Jim in Arlington, OU is zero and two versus BYU. Time to reverse this trend. Yeah, it's one of the few teams that OU has never beaten in program history. Nineteen ninety four they beat you, and two thousand nine they beat you. So you can't let BYU have. Uh, forever scoreboard on you and have a 3-0 record. You, it, this is a must-win Saturday, Travis.
2: Right, in some, in some really weird games, right? Like, this wasn't, you know, there, there's, there's definitely some context needed with both of those uh, games. But, but, yeah, you can't let them have it. I mean, I think they were saying even in the preseason, maybe even in that same show that you led the, uh, led the hour off with, but I think they were saying, look, they're 0-2 against us, man. You know, they've had trouble with us before. Okay, let's let's relax. Let's relax. We, I mean, this isn't some, like, this isn't, OU, OU's not going to show up in the locker room and say, oh, God, are these guys just going to get us again? We just can't seem to get over the hump the against mental this ed. program. Yeah, we
1: gotta we got to evaluate right. the mental edge that BYU has in this matchup. I forgot about right. that. Right, that's
2: simply not the case.
1: Um, alternate uniforms, they wearing those or the traditional road white?
2: Because
1: this uh, is kind of a sneaky good little uniform game if BYU I does l- it Right. I-
2: Right, I I think you got to go traditional here, personally.
1: Well, well, I hope so. You just have it worn. If if they're still doing the alternate uniforms once on the road, then you're going to have to do it on Saturday. Is the only thing. But I'm I'm hoping for the traditional road whites. That's what I'm hoping for.
2: Yeah, I mean, me too. And it's I don't know. I I think. And I know alternate uniforms are a are an interesting conversation always, especially on the text line. We got a lot of people that have a lot of opinions, good opinions on uh, on this. But I think the one game with the unity at home under the lights, like I think I'm good, Tyler. I think I'm good on 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 a road alternate. I Correct. Think, yes. I think you I think you wear the unity at home one time, and you let those gorgeous road whites. Shine the rest of the year. What, what say you?
1: I'm I'm good with that. Um, it's your best alternate uniform. Your best overall uniform is the road white. So don't don't take people away from that experience, man. Don't do it. Wear Re- yeah. wear the road whites as much as much as possible. Don't sub it in with any. N- nothing else is ever going to compare. So well, I'm just just yeah. Do away with the Rough Riders. Just wear the Unity jerseys once at home and the uh, the all whites on the road every single road well, game.
2: Well, and especially going into the SEC, Tyler, it's like there's going to be so many good new uniform matchups that I don't know, like you you've got a lot of programs you haven't either played in a long time or maybe even ever and I just don't want to I don't want the pictures and everything to look, oh, this was this was an alternate game. No, give me the give me the all whites on the road. Give me one unity uniform at home. And the rest, let's, let's give these matchups the proper respect.
1: Uh, great text, OU Mitchell. Returning from a road trip to Provo brings on a time of self-reflection. Returning from Baton Rouge trip requires a shower and an antibiotic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily, luckily, I'm going to Denver on Sunday for a Sunday night football game. So if things go horribly wrong on Saturday, I'll at least be able to uh, distract myself for an evening.
1: 405 651 3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more OU football next, right here on the ref.
2: Nobody covers
0: your team like the ref. If it's Sooner News and Talk you want, it's right here, all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the ref radio sports network, kref.com, and worldwide on the Kref app. Welcome to the
1: best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all
2: November. For a chance to win $100,000 in cash. and. In-
1: it is the rush on the refs. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep it coming on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Travis is hanging out at Andy B's in Tulsa, the location uh, about a week old in Oklahoma City. So if you're in the OKC Metro, go check out Andy B's. But what's happening today at the Tulsa location?
2: Oh, you know, it's Wednesday, so they've got that fantastic service industry night. It starts at 7 p.m., and they do it all the way until close. Any Anybody that's in the service industry can bowl all night, unlimited bowling, for only $7. They've got the beer and food specials, and let me tell you, the holiday parties are already getting booked up like crazy. Uh, I think uh, last I checked they had 160 parties booked uh, in the holiday season, so much so that I think they're actually turning away birthday parties at this point. So um, so get the holiday parties booked. The best way to do that is to visit bowlandybees.com backslash Tulsa. That is the best way to get that booked up. Uh, they're doing a lot of really fun stuff out here, man. Uh, really impressed with them.
1: Well, the Big 12 was supposed to release some statement today. Um, they had the teleconference with all the ADs. and Unless I've totally missed it and you've seen it, I don't think the Big 12's released a
2: statement about the new tiebreaker, correct? That's correct, and I'm not at all shocked because they can't do anything right. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what annoys me, and, yeah. and that's the thing. That's the thing. For every OU fan in my Twitter mentions, and every Oklahoma State fan in my Twitter mentions, and Texas fan in my Twitter mentions, for me to say it is ridiculous for a conference to change the rules that they approved in the preseason that they wrote to change those rules after 10 weeks of the season with only 2 weeks left like, it's Bush League it's amateurish, it's incompetent when I say all that that is not, Tyler, me saying well OU deserves to be in no matter what and those losses against Kansas and Oklahoma State don't matter at all we should control it, no, 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 no I'm not saying that we shouldn't have lost those games. What I'm saying is that any entity, whether that's our conference, any competitive entity that changes the rules with mere weeks left in the season, it's amateurish.
1: And, and that's the main point. We got a ton of text yesterday. Well, OU should have lost to K, KU and Oklahoma State. They wouldn't yeah, be in that the doesn't spot. doesn't matter. Well, thank you. Matter. Yes, I, I did not think about that previously. The point is the conference changing a rule like this with two games left. It's it's you, pretty embarrassing.
2: You you know what it reminds me of, Tyler? It reminds me of the Oklahoma State game when Drake Stoops gets tackled in the end zone and there's no call. Well. Is that the only reason that we lost the game? Of course not. We turned the ball over three times. We we struggled mightily. You know, we couldn't run the ball like we wanted to. Like, there are multiple reasons. But that has nothing to do with the fact that they blew that call. Just like our losses to uh, Oklahoma State and Kansas, that has nothing to do with them changing the rule later. You can have conversations about the two things completely separately.
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to go down every single scenario here, um, mainly because the Big 12 is probably going to change the tiebreaker scenario again next week if they can. Just root uh, root for Texas to lose and root for Oklahoma State to lose. Here's the scenario that everyone needs to know, Travis. Operate as normal. The c- the scenario for you right. to get in the Big 12 championship, operate as you normally would. Hope your OU football team wins on Saturday and root really hard against Texas and Oklahoma State. That's all you got to do. You know, the only thing you have to do is the same thing that you've been doing all year long. It's pretty yeah, simple.
2: Been, not even all year long. You guys have been doing this your entire lives. You've been training for this moment <laughs> your entire lives. Even the, just, the 11
1: a.m. kicks, you've been trained for this, too.
2: You've been training for it. The Just root against Oklahoma State and root against Texas. And then OU's in if they win out. So that's, that's the key in this. And... You know what? Yeah, OU doesn't control their own destiny. But it is what it is. We've still got an opportunity at this thing.
1: How many uh, – w- w- which which will be chanted more by OU fans Saturday? Stoops after a Drake Stoops big play? Or someone else who looks like Drake Stoops makes a play? Or uh, SEC chants after, uh, after bad calls? I- I'm just wondering if that's going to become a thing now until the end of the year. Bad call happens, something you don't like – and OU fans erupt an SEC chance around the stadium.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's the thing is, do you think we can get that on the road? Like, what do you think the road split's going to be, Tyler? Like, I know a ton of OU fans that are going because I know yeah. they had this game circled. I don't know what BYU's attendance really – I mean, do they sell out often? I mean, I'm ignorant when it comes out, to BYU's attendance.
1: It's a 63,000-seat stadium. I think most games it's – at capacity or right at. They, they get a lot of people there. But I saw tickets earlier today for $23. So Jeez. is it going to be packed inside that place for their biggest home game in a long time? But judging by the price of tickets, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case.
2: Well, you don't have to factor in stadium beers to your budget. So, ah, correct. I mean, $23, bucks, you are good to go. So, yeah, that's what's. That's what's interesting is, I don't know, what do you think the split's going to be? What what percentage of the crowd is going to be OU fans, Um, if you had to take a guess? Text line, get on on this, too, because I'm I'm really interested in opinions.
1: Eight to ten percent, maybe? I I, 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 I don't know, maybe a little bit lower than that. I do know a lot of OU fans that are going there, though.
2: I think a little bit higher, to be honest.
1: Because what I'm not factoring in, like, there's people locally that are going to this game, because it, it was always the most attractive road game, you know? place you've never been to before you're really your only chance to go there like our buddy Jim up there in Wyoming's going to be there uh, I know some California Sooners that are going to be there and probably a lot more that I don't know that are going to be there Arizona OU fans Utah OU fans local OU fans so it sounds like you think higher than eight to ten percent
2: yeah I do because you know when we were at Iowa State last year um, up in Ames I had a ton of people even that listened to Kref and uh, popped over and said hey look we live in Chicago we live you know in South Dakota you know we live all these other places and they say look this is the this is the closest we can get to watching an OU football game you know traveling to Norman is, is a little bit tougher you know it's only we we heard the same thing in Cincinnati Tyler people coming over from Indianapolis like JP and my buddy Trav like it's it's like it's a Four-hour drive, two-hour drive, three-hour drive for these people. Well, I think when you factor in, like, the entire west coast of Oklahoma fans, it might be – I mean, I know it's kind of annoying to get to. you got to go into South Lake, or, uh, Salt Lake City and then go down and whatnot. But, I mean, this is the closest opportunity for probably a significant amount of OU fans.
1: Yeah. No, I – like, Chase in, in Orange County, I know he's going to be there. He says a lot of California Sooners are going to be there. And in terms of percent, I should have said this – uh, from the state of Georgia, six point nine percent of fans will be OU fans there on Saturday. <laughs> uh,
2: good stuff, good stuff. Hey, do you think uh you think you'll see any other red in the stands, uh those of the Utah Utes? Because uh I'll tell you what, we've uh, we've got a nice little camaraderie going with them ever since uh they started uh second knocking favorite knocking down college Mule's football team. Door. Yeah, second yeah. second
1: favorite college football team. So Yes, I think so. I think they're in Arizona that day or they're, they're yep, in Arizona, they're Arizona. On, Sat- on Saturday. Yep. But uh, that rivalry will be restored, and every Utah fan, I'm going to stop and I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for going 3-0 and in two years against that weasel out there in California. I mean, just talk about – I mean, we joked about it initially that Utah was going to be their Kansas State and Iowa State. They were 3-0 and against him in two years. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah, did you see that uh- – USC's defense uh, has slid to number 105 in mm. stop rate, which is exactly where they finished in 2022. And they've allowed 301 points over their last seven games, which is 42 more, Tyler, than any other FBS team in that span. That's from Max Olson. Just so beautiful. I think we should it, do. It, just, it, let's it just it do the rest insane. of the show reading off numbers like that from those <laughs> that's guys. That's insane, Tyler. And and Bear Alexander was supposed to fix it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: He's got a nice high-rise apartment, though. Hope he's enjoying yeah. that. Uh, text line says, "Where did you see the twenty-three dollar tickets? I saw them on StubHub, but they're actually twenty dollars now. Now you're going to pay about eighty dollars in service fee because it's StubHub, but at least for the actual ticket, you can get decent seats now for twenty bucks at uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Heck, maybe we'll be the only ones there, Travis. Maybe the ten a.m. kickoff time is such a pain for these BYU fans; it'll be like an OU spring game. OU fans only for this one.
2: Yeah, I'll take it. I'll tell you what." I, I kind of want to figure out a way to get into that, to that visiting section because, well, they give brownies and ice cream in, like, the third quarter I or something think there, like that?
1: I think there will be room over there. Just roll on over to Section 122. I think it's where we're at.
2: 122. Okay, cool. I will, uh, I will make that happen. I'll, I'll, I'll find my way over there. That's the thing, though. Uh, I was talking to my buddy uh, Eugene Queener. He said, uh, with the weather, I'm not sure I'm going to be down to eat ice cream. I was like, hey, man, I, I'm, I, I'm in. Us. Me and Jerry Kill out there eating ice cream, you know, in the cold weather. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> uh, we got other big games. Like the, the 10 a.m. kickoff time, 11 a.m. Central time, you get this game out of the way, and then uh, you, you root against who you need to root against. And again, operate as normal. Root against Texas. Root against Oklahoma State. Better chance to lose on Saturday. Texas at Iowa State or OSU at Houston? Because the point spreads are really close to one another.
2: Well, I think Iowa State's a much better football team like much better. Um, and after what we just saw, Texas has been trying to lose. I mean, they tried to lose against Kansas State. They really tried to lose against Houston. I mean, and they tried to lose against TCU. Sark does this weird thing where he starts putting in like he'll play the whole second half with backups and it's it's very weird. His rotations are weird. I'm not sure if it's a depth thing or just he, his rotations are thrown off, but I mean it's almost like it starts snowballing in the second half, and by the time he puts the starters back in, the other team has a ton of confidence. So, I mean, playing in Ames at night, you know, against the better team, makes me want to say Texas, Tyler, but, God, OSU looked so bad, like horrendous against UCF. I mean, they looked worse than they did against South Alabama. That was a team that was still something.
1: celebrating the uh, Bedlam win the week before. That's, that's what that was.
2: Which is so funny because all the, uh, you know, Oklahoma State podcasters that were like, oh, OU celebrating too much after Texas. That must have been their Super Bowl. Well, you didn't get blasted, 40, what, 42-3 to from UCF? The first legacy Big 12 team that UCF beat, I believe.
1: Man, I'm um... – I don't know if I'm going to pick Iowa State to win the game. I just think it's a terrible spot for Quinn Ewers. And I, 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 just the defense that Iowa State runs, we know that they like to rush three, drop eight. It, it's hard to get big plays on them down the field, even though oh, OU did it earlier this year. Right. But without, without Jonathan Brooks, like, I wonder if the narrative will really start to turn nationally on Quinn Ewers if he goes up there and turns the ball over three times, something like that. And I think that's I, possible.
2: Man, Tyler... I would be with you on this, but Quinn is Teflon-ewers now. Dude, this kid, I mean, it's insane to me that this kid is still living off his recruiting hype. I mean, everybody's like, well, you know, he's uh, he reclassified, so he's only started for two years. Okay, cool. He's the same age as, like, J.J. McCarthy and a couple other guys that are ahead of him in QBR. He's never been, I mean, he's above average. He's above average is what he is. And everybody says, oh, man, he might come back. It's a big win. if it, is, it? is it a big win if he comes back? It's a big win if he comes back only if Arch stinks, which I guess could be a situation that's true I mean Tyler Oklahoma fans are trying to push DG out the door I saw one person say that uh Bill B or that uh Brent Venables ought to be fired if he lets Dylan Gabriel take a staff in the SEC Jeez. I mean I mean this is a first team all big 12 Man. top five nationally in QBR top 10 all-time passing yards guy that's probably going to finish closer to number six or number seven in the history of college football and we got OU fans trying to push him out the door For Jackson Arnold, who we all think is going to be very good, five-star guy that hasn't played any meaningful snaps yet, and Tyler, they've got the literal perfectly ranked recruit, Arch Manning, and they are throwing parades that a slightly above-average average Quinn Ewers, that has never made it through a season healthy before, they're throwing parades that he's going to come back and saying, boom, SEC better get ready for Quinn Ewers. What am I missing here, Tyler? I,
1: uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I think he's okay. I think he's average, slightly above average, but nothing special in my eyes when I uh, watch Quinn Ewers play football. I think that could happen no. again. Saturday night names, just saying.
2: Needs when you happen. look at it, there have been five per, like essentially perfectly ranked quarterbacks in the, in the recruiting era, Vince Young went, went number three overall. He was, I mean, he rushed for like 1,100 yards as a sophomore, 14 touchdowns. He cleaned it up as a passer his third year. But your other one is Justin Fields, who threw for like, what, 40 touchdowns and like six interceptions as a sophomore. The other one was Trevor Lawrence, who already had a national championship ring. And then you've got Quinn Ewers, who is just slightly above average, but, again, still living on that ranking. And then you've got Arch Manning. So we'll see. We'll see. The, uh, I'm not real confident in Quinn Ewers popping up to uh, live up to that recruiting ranking all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, same. And we'll, uh, we'll get to Dylan Gabriel, where he could finish in the tie. He's at number 10 right now, where he could finish all time in terms of passing yards. 405-651-3439. More OU football next right here on The Ref.
0: Sooner football talk lives here. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior.
1: Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe, and is the best way to protect that legacy.
0: Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by
1: FEMA and the Ad Council. Here's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Dylan Gabriel. In his career, fourteen thousand two hundred and seventy-four yards. Fourteen thousand two hundred and seventy-four yards. That puts him at number ten all time in college football history for passing yards. That's a uh, that's pretty big time stuff. And just because he's at number ten does not mean he's going to stay there. I- I'm looking at the players directly in front of him, man. He's 207 yards away from Luke Falk at number nine, so he could get there on Saturday. He's 333 away from Baker Mayfield at number eight, 393 away from Kellen Moore at number seven, and he's about 700 plus yards away from Ty Detmer at number six. So, I think there's a chance. Like, regardless of where he's playing next year, NFL, college football, I think I would say that it's likely. That Dylan Gabriel has at least 393 more yards the rest of this year, and he's standing at at least seventh all time in college football history in passing yards.
2: Yeah, you know, because I don't think that I don't think there's an even chance, a snowball's chance in hell, that he opts out of a bowl game. Oh no, no, no way. No, no matter no way. what is happening. Um, so, I, I mean, if, could he if get you to you six?
1: Just, is that what you're trying to? Trying to get to? I'm trying to get
2: him there. I'm trying to get him there, man. Uh, somebody on, on Twitter earlier today said, uh, what does he need uh, to get to six? He needs like 700-plus yards. Yard. Yeah, it's close yeah. to this little somebody, over 700. Somebody goes, man, getting Ty Detmer there in uh, BYU would be pretty special. Put the <laughs> pedal to the metal, Levy. Yeah, another, <laughs> thing. Air th- another 2016
1: OU Texas Tech game. Let's,
2: let's air this thing out. The only problem is I don't think BYU is good enough to hold up that end of the yeah. deal. They don't exactly have Mahomes on the other sideline. But, yeah, I think I think seven is, is kind of comfortable. I think it is pretty interesting, though, Tyler, because um, Landry Jones sits third on this list, and Dylan Gabriel will sit, let's call it, conservatively top seven on this list. And those are two guys that OU fans oh, yeah. aren't exactly, you know, a door like they do some of the others. And I know that some of those are just, man, a lot of games, you know, cumulative type situation. Dylan wasn't here for his whole career. Um, but it's, it's just funny how many OU players – are going to end up in this top ten? It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, really. three
1: uh, three in the top ten right now, and uh, at number five, I didn't realize Sam Hartman was in the top five. Fifteen thousand two hundred thirty nine yards. So
2: him and Bo Nix are. I mean, when you when you basically talk about the three quarterbacks that are playing this year that have the most snaps, uh, that have started the most games, those kind of things. I mean, you're pretty much there with Dylan Gabriel, Sam Hartman, and Bo Nix because fl- Bo Nix will be. Will be climbing uh, up this list as well. Um, might be able to crack the top ten.
1: The forty-seven game win streak will never be broken in college football. Though Georgia's more than half the way there, but they're still they're they're not going to break that record,
2: right? Especially um, with all these people doubting them. Just ask Kirby. Yeah,
1: but another record that's probably not going to be broken is the all-time passing yards leader, Case Keenum at number one. He's got twenty-two hundred, well, almost twenty-two hundred yards more than the next player, Timmy Chang, at number two. Case Keenum has got 19,217 career passing yards. And if no one's going to break that with the extra COVID year, I don't think anyone's going to throw for more yards than Case Keenum did at Houston. Oh, my gosh. 19,217 yards. That's crazy, man.
2: Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and I got to see him when he came to Tulsa, and uh, it, it was kind of it was kind of funny. Like, it was just like, this guy – It's just going to put up insane numbers in this offense year after year after year. The knee braces and everything, he was just slinging it all over the field. And then, of course, years later, he throws that pass against the Saints to one Stephon Diggs for the Minneapolis Miracle and Case Keenum will always have a very special full place circle. in my heart. Yeah, yeah, real full circle moment for me.
1: Yeah, but Dylan Gabriel, uh, tenth all time, all time passing yards leader, and uh, what is he? Two oh seven away at number nine, three thirty three away from eight. Definitely think he can get to number nine at uh, Provo. Maybe he, uh, heck, maybe he gets to number seven. Maybe he throws for four hundred yards and he uh, goes from number ten to number seven this weekend in See, Utah.
2: From the four oh five. Um, we get, guys, will DG have a New York invite if he wins out? Will Tyler <sighs> right now, man. current odds have him ninth? I mean, it would have to be, you'd have to have some stinkers in front Michael of him. Michael Penix and
1: Bo Nix would have to implode. Um, Jaden Daniels plays Georgia State and Texas A&M down the stretch. Um, J.J. McCarthy or Marvin Harrison Jr. will be there depending on who wins the game. I'd say probably not unless some incredible things happen out, out, out right. outside of Norman, Oklahoma.
2: Right. I mean, if that – I mean, I believe he was ninth going into this week. Um, so I, if an eight-touchdown performance setting a school touchdown record at a place like the University of Oklahoma, who, Tyler, we've mentioned, you know – it, it, we just we just read off that list of career passing yards those guys that are on that list that are Sooners they never did what Dylan Gabriel just did and that didn't even move the needle ooh it'd be t- it would be tough it would be tough
1: 405-651-3439 is the miner Chevrolet text line we'll get to more text and more college football next right here on the ref this is the ref sports radio network Good Welcome to the best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all November. Store or shop our website or Instagram Mitchell's Jewelry in the heart of Norman at 2201 West Main Street. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Cavens Group, if you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give them a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group at 405-573-3048, 405-573-3048, or CavensGroup.com. All right, I guess the Big 12 did release some sort of a statement, or it's coming out now. and they're, they're acting like they never changed anything with the rules, and they're calling the rest of us crazy. They're saying there have been no changes to any rules regarding Big 12 football tiebreaker procedures, which were agreed upon prior to the season and went into effect August
2: of 2023.
1: That does not seem like that's the case, but that's the stance the Big 12 is taking.
2: They know that we have the rules, right? Like, that, that we know that they're lying? Like, you can't just say... It you was can't not say the original no, no.
1: tiebreaker's rules. We Yeah, we've looked at it.
2: Yeah, you can't just say nothing changed. We know something changed. Just because you say it didn't change doesn't mean it didn't. And you can use whatever, Tyler. You can use updated. You can use um, clarified. You can use anything. The fact of the matter is the rules were one way last week, and the rules are now different today as we sit here. That means that something changed. Again, you can use whatever word you want. I mean, I bet Parker's got a 100 of them that he hmm. could interchange. But the fact of the matter is, with two weeks left in the season, they changed the rules. And if here's the, here's the interesting part, Tyler. If, there, if the rules didn't change, why did they have to clarify them? Why did they have to have an announcement? Why did they have to have a report? Because, Tyler, the way the rules were laid out, you were going to – you were going to end up with two teams that were going to participate in the big 12 championship game. Like you were in the conference, champ- like you were going to have two teams. So why the announcement? Why the clarification? Like it, none of that, none of that would have taken place if there wasn't a change.
1: Yeah. At this point, they're not even, not even trying to hide it at this point. They, uh, Change the rules as you go along. Well, whatever, man. I, I'm just I'm over it at this point. Just go win your last two games, be ten and two, and just just see what happens, man. I I think you're going to be in a good bowl game either way. Hopefully, you get in the top twelve and you get in a New Year's Six bowl game, even if you don't make the Big Twelve championship. But at this point, it's just win your last two games and get the hell out of this conference and look ahead to better days in a better league, And a league that actually has its you know what together, by the way not changing its conference championship rules two weeks before the end of the season. Can't get out of this league quick enough. Hour number two of The Rush coming up next right here on The Ref.